Because of COVID, regional theaters have had to retool and reinvent their business model. Statistics tell us that a 30% drop in revenue or more is not uncommon. Some theaters have had to close their doors altogether, while others resorted to online readings and online performances to maintain their relationships to their subscribers. It is not all bad news, however. Nonprofit theaters are making a comeback. Slowly but surely, new projects are in the works for these theaters. What are the ways you can take advantage of this new shift in the regional theater paradigm? What's happening with regional theaters? You're going to find out on this episode of Casting Actors Cast. Welcome to Casting Actors Cast, the podcast and video for actors. Each week, we provide practical, useful information to advance your craft and your career in the business of show. And now, here's your host, Casting Director Jeffrey Dreisbach. Well, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Casting Actors Cast. How are you? I'm Jeffrey Dreisbach. I'm a casting director with McCorkle Casting in New York. How are you? I hope you're having a good day. Welcome to spring, although here in the Northeast, it hasn't been that spring-like. Supposedly, we're going to be getting some nicer weather coming in, so I'm kind of not holding my breath for that. (laughs) So thank you for joining us on this episode. This is that moment where I get to say I'm so glad that you are here. I invite you to go to the website for the podcast called Casting Actors Cast, all one word, dot com. And there you're going to find all kinds of really cool information, I think. Also, on the very first landing page, you're going to see a form that says Dive into the Talent Pool. And if you do that, you just simply fill out your name and your email address. And when you do that, that will take you to a free private page of of some goodies that I'm offering absolutely free of charge. One is a book on doing voiceover work called Conversation Pieces Out of the Studio, the voiceover workshop for professional actors. And the second is a video. It's a 20-minute video, Casting Secrets, What They Don't Want You to Know. <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to tell you in this free 20-minute video. This is the podcast for actors, either in training or in the business, to kind of get more information and to feel like this is a growing community of like-minded, talented folks. I'm here to answer your questions, to give you some feedback, to really provide um, what I hope you'll f- perceive as a positive atmosphere and a positive look. We've been through a lot, and now I want to sort of kind of, I don't know, keep the energy and the positive atmosphere going by doing this podcast. It's free. It's 20 minutes. It's once a week. It's on any podcast provider. It would mean a lot to me if you would give me a review, give me a thumbs up, give me a like. You could subscribe. We're also simulcasting this on YouTube. So please do go to the website, Casting actresscast.com. Also, the email address, if you want to write me a note or ask me a question, is castingactorscast at gmail.com. And then finally, my shout out to my good friends at Actors Connection. Actors Connection is a great place for you to check out online classes, workshops, seminars, all kinds of great things happening at actorsconnection.com slash New York. All right, that's it for the promotional announcements. Let's jump into the subject for today. Regional theaters, 
You know, there's been a lot of transitions uh, during COVID for our actors in many, many ways, not the least of which is what's happening in the uh, regional theater arena. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk to you about, from where I sit, what's happening. And let's first share a little bit about what has taken place over the past three years. And then we're going to talk about what's happening now. And then we're going to finish off today's podcast sharing a little bit with you about what to do to get ready, to kind of figure out what are the best steps for you as an actor to be there for those regional theaters now reopening, coming back. So first, what's happened during the past three years? So back in 2019... There were a record number of subscriptions across the board with regional theaters. Amazing, right? The top number of subscribers going to regional theaters was at its height in 2019. Well, that actually, honestly, that amounts to about $9 billion a year in the industry until the shutdown. Nonprofit regional theaters are responsible for over 40,000 full-time employees in 2019. Right now, that's dropped dramatically to about 28,000 in 2021. And there is a slow kind of coming back for some of those jobs that were lost during COVID, but it is a slow climb back. Um, That's kind of tragic, right? But that also means that those communities have been hit rather hard by not having those forms of entertainment, those forms of uh, live theater. And you know, there's just something to be said about live theater for communities. It has been such an amazing journey for regional theaters for the past 40, 50 years. And the growth has been so amazing. But now we are seeing a majority of the theater, theaters across the country, um, because of COVID, they have resorted to all kinds of attempts to stay, oh, I don't know how to say this, to stay current, to stay uh, relevant with what's happening. And so those many of those regional theaters have done virtual performances. I've seen and cast um, readings Uh, Zoom readings. There's been quite a bit of community outreach from a lot of these theaters. So their effort to stay viable and to stay current has been absolutely heroic, in my opinion. Here's one example. Because we've been casting Barrington Stage in Pittsfield, Massachusetts for a long time. I was just so amazed and thrilled uh, that Julianne Boyd, artistic director of Barrington Stage, made every effort to keep the doors open. She actually did video performances of shows. She did uh, was the first theater in the country to do a COVID protocol performances. She absolutely went out of her way. She she rented a tent, and she put people. Uh, six to 12 feet apart from each other. Everyone was masked. Everyone was tested. It was like this amazing thing just to keep live theater going. In addition to that, she was able to successfully record a lot of the productions that were slated to continue. And so because of her efforts, Barrington Stage has been at the forefront of really being conscientious on whatever is happening with COVID, but also in trying to maintain that audience, trying to maintain that subscriber following. So uh, hats off to her for doing such an amazing job. 
Now, on the other side of that, many, many regional theaters across the country just decided to close their doors completely. For example, the Guthrie Theater, um, a fantastic, you know, Lord A regional theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota, they just had to stop. They did have some fundraising performance work taking place, but it just came to sort of a screeching halt, which was, of course, was tragic. And I'm not blaming the Guthrie for not being able to keep their doors open. They were being extremely careful and very, very prudent with what was happening because of COVID. Also, George Street Playhouse, another theater that we cast for, they did a very limited amount of Zoom productions. And, you know, hats off to them for making the effort, but it just did not have that same appeal for folks. Uh, Crossroads uh, Theater, another theater, uh, just didn't have the wherewithal to continue during the COVID environment. It was just too difficult to make that transition with the new technology. So now let's talk a little bit about what's happening now, what we're experiencing now as far as the state of regional theater is concerned. And so let me just share a couple of things. One is as restrictions seem to be loosening up, I am experiencing more and more productions now gearing up. They're now in the works. They're now on the schedule with live audiences. Although I have to say the protocols are still in place, everyone being masked, everyone showing proof of vaccination. Broadway is doing the same thing, but the focus today is on regional theaters. So some regional theaters are sort of dipping their toe into getting back to doing full-scale productions with some caveats. One is that reluctant audiences are still dictating the viability of these regional theaters. There is a return, but not certainly in the same numbers that we were experiencing. So there is a return, albeit smaller. So that means, and what's been happening, is that productions with smaller casts have been put on the schedule for many of these regional theaters across the country. So two-handers, three-character, maybe even four-character shows, where before it used to be like larger shows and musicals, now we're seeing that scaled back to a very respectable and albeit smaller, it's still an effort on those regional theater parts. So it's very kind of exciting that we're seeing those theaters starting to come back. Now, additionally, I'm seeing some hybrid alternatives are still being offered. Many regional theaters are doing Zoom readings of new plays, or they're doing full-scale productions, although they've been recorded on Zoom and pay, played back. Um, we're seeing, for example, the Olney Theater is doing that kind of work. They did a new musical, and they were able to record that, and you had to subscribe and pay a ticket price, but yeah, you could stream it online. So those alternatives... I think are still going to be happening, but now they're slowly getting replaced by doing live performance work. The only live casting that seems to be happening right now is just recently the return of doing EPAs. 
So EPAs that we just got permission from Actors Equity Association to have equity principal auditions, even though during this entire COVID period, EPAs have been done virtually. Um, I'm the one in the office who's been doing all of the EPAs, Contemporary American Theater Festival, for example, um, Barrington Stage. So those theaters that are slated to kind of get back on the boards, so to speak, are still um, having submissions being done for actors uh, virtually. So your self-submitting for those projects is probably going to be continuing for some time to come. It's not inconceivable to have EPAs done virtually for the rest of our lives. Now, I know that might really kind of piss some of you off. I get it. Um, That live performance element is such an important ingredient to the audition process. But I can tell you that there's so much more efficiency. There are so many more opportunities for actors who might not be living in that particular area for an audition that they can now do a self-tape submission for those roles, for those jobs. That's kind of neat. That really does open up the pool of talent that might be available for those shows. So that's not a terrible thing altogether. But I can also tell you that it's very frustrating, right? Because so many actors are now submitting for projects where they would never be able to show up for the EPA. So that presents its own series of challenges. But what I can also tell you, though, and share with you is this, is that callbacks after the EPAs or getting an audition for the role after an EPA submission is probably going to be done live. And we've actually had that happen. Uh, Contemporary American Theater Festival is a great example. People have submitted themselves for the EPA. Those actors then that we think are right, we bring those in and they are asked to come in to audition. Now, not all actors are able to come in to audition, uh, but they are afforded the opportunity to come in live or they could submit their audition on self-tape. So there's sort of a hybrid taking place for actors when they submit themselves. They're either coming in live after the submission, or they are actually asked to, you know, submit their audition. So they get reviewed, they get looked at. And if the actor is right for the role, then the next step will take place. That might may or may not include an actual meeting of the director or the producer of some of these projects. But we're sort of slowly figuring it out. What is the best way for us to be able to evaluate the actor for those projects? So now we've talked about what was taking place, what was happening, and now what is the best strategy for the actor to participate in this new COVID environment? As restrictions start lightening up and theaters seem to be coming back, what can you do as an actor to get yourself ready, to get yourself in the mix for those opportunities that might be showing up fairly shortly? So number one, It's important for you to make sure you understand the union and non-union status for each theater. You know what? That might have changed. There might be different designations for different roles for different theaters. So just make sure you're staying current with what's happening with those regional theaters. Like, for example, if you know of a couple of professional regional theaters close to where you live, it's important that you figure out whether those designations have changed. Sometimes those union theaters have decided, you know what, I'm just going to be casting locally. 
because it's just too expensive to come to New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or Atlanta. And I just, I have my own database. Why don't I just cast it with local actors, especially if it's a two-hander or three-hander? Also, that union status, like I said, may have changed. Maybe it's a union theater now deciding that they just don't want that union status right now. And so some of those theaters are deciding whether or not it's something that they want to maintain. If you're a union member, obviously you need to know that information. If you're a non-union member and you find out that maybe some status has changed for certain theaters, that might open up opportunities for you. So it's incumbent upon you to make sure you have a great awareness about what's happening in the state of regional theater. Number two, critically important this, is to pay attention to the casting announcements that you read, whether it's backstage or whether you are on Actors Access or Acting Network or you're reading Theater World on a regular basis. Staying really current with those choices, those theaters, those decisions that are being made, that's going to help you a lot. You'll also get some information about what kinds of projects are in the works for actors to participate in. That's also something that I would suggest you get yourself really disciplined by reading backstage online, actors' access, really staying current with what's happening in the industry. Number three, this is really, I think, so useful, is that if you can make yourself a local hire in an area where there is a professional theater, then I think and I suggest that you reach out to the theater and find out who the casting person at that theater is and make your local hire status known. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you have to live there, but if you've got a fantastic aunt that you wouldn't mind, uh, that she or he wouldn't mind you crashing on their sofa for a while, if you live or have a relative that is close to that area, it's important that you make yourself a local hire, especially if you've got some credits, especially if you've had some professional training and you really are ready to take on some work in the theater, you know what? It's really cool that you can make yourself a local hire. So I would suggest taking a moment or two and finding out if you have family, if you have friends, whatever, relationships. Can you decide that you could be a local hire for some of those theaters in Chicago, for example? Um, it's not worth it to decide that you're going to rent an apartment on your own and live there. It's just probably not going to pay you. <laughs> it's not going to pay for, you know, apartment rental and, you know, setting up shop in a new locale. But you know what? If you can be a local hire, you can crash on someone's sofa. You could really build up a resume with some excellent roles, especially now that these two-handers and these three-character plays are being done. Wouldn't it be great to really take on a substantial role at one of these theaters? Um, Having a lead in a regional theater or a new play, that speaks volumes about you and your talent. 
All right, number four, I think it's, once again, I've said this many times, but I need you to be ready with virtual audition self-tape requests that might come your way. You just never know when a casting director or an artistic director at a regional theater is going to reach out and say, you know what, I remember seeing a performance of yours two years ago, and I would love to have you submit for this new show we're doing. I mean, that's how it's working now. So that means that you have to be ready with your virtual and your self-tapes. Virtual, what I mean by that is your Zoom auditioning. Um, you're auditioning um, an actor's access when you go online and you do their eco cast um, or just simply a self-tape request. If you are absolutely ready technically... You get the sides, you can put it on tape, you can get it back to them quickly. You're going to find that those opportunities might open up really nicely for you as long as you are ready. Number five, agents and managers right now that you might be having a relationship with, maybe you're freelancing with an agent or maybe you're working with a manager or maybe it's a new relationship. Many agents and managers right now might be reluctant to submit you for regional theater. Many times, and it's been my experience, that agents and managers want to hold out for your film and television auditions. They may want to not say that you should go out of town for the next 8 to 12 weeks to do a play when you could do really well with this new film and television resurgence that we are experiencing. And that's fair. So my suggestion to you is just make sure that your interests are clear to you, and then you need to share those interests to your agent and your manager. I know that that's hard sometimes because you want to be open and available to whatever happens. But listen, if you have a desire to get your feet wet and getting some really good direction in a theater project, maybe it's a new play, maybe because it's a smaller cast, there's a lot more for you to do. Maybe you're really ready to take on some additional responsibilities in the form of a bigger role. You know what? You can really jump in with both feet at the regional theater level. Now, if that happens, just make sure you've had a conversation with somebody who's representing you. And if you don't have anybody representing you, make sure your own conscience is clear. That if you come in to audition for a regional theater or you request an audition that we're casting and want to submit a video, the assumption is made that if you're submitting yourself for an audition, that you are open, ready, and willing to take the job should it come your way. Please do not do the reckless thing and think that you're getting FaceTime with a casting director just by submitting it for no other reason than you just think it's great to be in front of a casting director. If you're auditioning for something and have no intention of taking the job, I suggest and put it to you that that's really um, treading down a path that is going to hurt you in the long run. That reputation of an actor just auditioning for something, even though they have no intention of taking it, word gets around. And so just make sure that if you do want to submit for something, that you are open, available, and want to do the job. I hope that that makes sense. Bottom line, I think that there is a good reason to be optimistic about acting in regional theaters this summer. I think there are restrictions that are lifting. I think theater companies are really gearing up. 
Uh, the public seems to be really anxious, and dare I say it, they seem to be desperate to get back to live performances. So that means the question is, are you ready for this new shift? Do you have a plan that puts you into the mix with casting directors? Feeling ready and being ready are often two different mindsets. It's one thing that you say to yourself, oh gosh, I'm ready to do this. And the other thing is that being ready. Are your self-tape setups really, really good? Are your schedule and availability for these jobs open? Are you ready to take on some of these amazing new projects that are coming down the pike? So whatever your mindset is, my suggestion is, is that you hang in there. Now, I know, I understand, the road is going to be a little bit bumpy. But you know what? It's going to be a long ride if you choose to jump in with both feet. I'm Jeffrey Dreisbach, and this is Casting Actors Cast. It's been great having you in our talent pool today. Your support means the world to us, so please consider sharing, liking, and reviewing this episode wherever you jump in. I'm Megan Grace Martinez. Thanks.